0: Welcome to another edition of CHP Talks. The audience from across this country, we have a special guest with us today, columnist Renee Jarrett. And uh, we're gonna be talking about a number of issues, motivation to get involved and to speak out. And uh, we'll also be talking uh, about systemic racism and uh, some other issues that uh, are currently important in our country's history. So uh, with that, uh, Rod, do you wanna give a, a better introduction to our guest?
1: Well, thank you for joining us, Renee. Uh, Renee Jarrett is a daughter of the soil and part of a rising voice in Canada, and we need that rising voice. She is best known for her column through Torstar Metroland Media Group, DurhamRegion.com, and locally in Durham Region through This Week and News Advertiser Local Newspapers. So with over 20 years of experience as a journalist, she's been published in several regional and national publications, including the National Post, the Christian Herald, and the Epoch Times, where she currently contributes as a freelance reporter. She is the creator of Not Sorry for the Story. That's a Not Sorry number four, the story. It's a blog and a vlog, showcasing her unapologetic take on current affairs. Also, through Fresh Start Express Services, she helps individuals and teams find and effectively express their unique message through consulting, writing, editing, speaking, and voice acting. Ms. Jarrett is a proud first-generation Canadian who loves her nation, our nation, and lives in the Durham region with her family where she's been a lifelong resident. And to contact her uh, at the end, if you want to get a hold of her, you can do so through info at ReneeJarrett.ca or at Renee C. Jarrett on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So her name is spelled R-E-N-A-E-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. So with no further ado, Renee, again, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to having this discussion with you.
2: Thank you for having me. Great to be with you, gentlemen.
0: Well, as we've heard in your bio, you've been helping people to, to find their voice. Uh, what, what's motivated you uh, in terms of you finding your voice and, and getting out there and writing columns?
2: Yeah, well, definitely my relationship with my heavenly father. Um, I have a voice through him. And I really believe I'm a part of a company that is sounding his voice through truth um, in the different spheres and corners that we have stewardship of. Uh, Mine happens to be media. And so I have just wanted to be a good steward with what has stirred in my heart and my spirit. Um, From a child, I wanted to tell stories. I saw myself in media. I did not know it would look like this, but I'm also glad for the um, the journey because the Lord really does um, craft a particular journey for you. Uh, when I got into journalism, uh, went to school for it, I did not necessarily see myself doing the hard news stories, doing covering fires or accidents or murders or things like that. And so I just gave it up to the Lord and said, Lord, I have the skill set that you've given me, um, the, the gift of speaking as well, all of that stirring together, you know how it should be uniquely expressed. Um, it's a part of the good works that you prepared beforehand for me to walk in. And so I availed myself to him and, um, yeah, so that's how I came to steward. And I remember a few years ago just being encouraged um in my fellowship to i remember receiving a particular word directly to me to say just write just write just write and that was a time where i wasn't necessarily um working with any particular team i was freelancing so i would see different issues in the news and just say you know what i'm just going to write a letter to the editor Um, And many times it was published. Now, yes, I have a background in journalism, but I was amazed that week after week it was being published because, you know, they're very strict with (laughs) how it gets in and, of course, because of space. But um, I was thankful for the feedback, and that led to me just asking if they had space for a guest column. Mm -hmm. And here I am today.
1: Wow. That's wonderful, and I think uh, you know people need to realize that they have more of a voice than they might think. And pe- a lot of people think, "Oh, what difference can I make in the world?" And you can very make a big true. difference if you use the gifts God's given you. And and we're grateful that you are doing that.
2: Yes, there's no. That's very true, and no place is too small to begin. It's you exercising just the same way that we need um, spiritual exercise, physical exercise. It's you exercising and say, I recognize that I have this um, and I want to use it. And in using it, it usually leads to others being encouraged. Um, I have countless um, replies from readers who say, you know, thank you for sharing what was on my heart. And so, again, when you stand up and be you, be you, you actually are representing many more who just didn't necessarily have the courage or didn't know how to say it. And so, yeah, it, right. it, it, it's good when we are who we are supposed to be. <laughs> yes,
0: Well, you write columns that are influential, as you said, you don't write about current, you know, fires and tragedies, but you write about issues that have long-term implications um, and are are really influential, I think, um, where people are reading them. And um, what are some of the biggest and and most important issues that you think you've written on um, that have gotten feedback?
2: Okay well the first one that comes to mind has to do with um abortion so i have i have written about that um in fact even on my facebook page i had posted that column that thankfully got past the gate um i remember the first time i wrote one and they said you know this really isn't an issue right now for us so we're just going to pass on it and I thought, all right, well, I'll find another place to put that. <laughs> yeah, and um, I was thankful that, again, I believe it was posted with um, Christian Heritage Party and the website. Um, but I something came up again. And I said, you know what, I'm going to try for it again. And I um, I put it to my editors. Um, they received it this time. And this time I put it on I usually put on um, my facebook page and that began a discussion back and forth with many who came they came (laughs) they came for me but (laughs) but i was ready and i was glad i was glad for the um the reasoning um one thing about me i don't you know i don't just say something just to say it i appreciate the reasoning together the discussion which is really being lost in a generation we have a way of posting something and just kind of saying to people deal with it and and that's what can also happen when you post something instead of having that engagement but i appreciate it so um i had so many comments um people who just wanted to tell me it's a woman's right it's a woman's right um it's woman's choice i wasn't i was not um saying that it was not a woman's choice uh, i was more saying let's look at the whole picture here and we have um, unborn children that um also have rights and who's going to speak for them and so a couple of people who were really staunch and came strong against what was written um actually left because we had back and forth exchanges actually left saying thank you i never i did not expect to kind of have a discussion <laughs> wow. with, with you and so Indeed. yeah, that was one of them mm-hmm. um i I do uh also about don cherry don <laughs> cherry um being fired yes that was that was a hot one as well um you know we we have gotten to a place I know. You had um, an interview the other day about cancel culture. And it really is a shame that this is happening and this has been given credence because we are losing some of the um, the elders to this, um, some of the voices um, that did not just spring up overnight. Don Cherry is not you know, new on the scene. Right. And there's a reason why he's still here. And um, even if you disagree with him, I think we have to know the context of a thing. It's so easy to quote um, people and just run with your own narrative and say, okay, let's just cancel that person. Mm -hmm. But in canceling them, you're also canceling a part of yourself if we're all Canadian and we're all a part of the same story.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Don Cherry basically got labeled as being basically racist, and he got canceled very, very quickly, denounced, and um, and and I think and from there it's been there's been so much talk about racism, and and you wrote about it, um, systemic racism, a little bit different, yeah. but um, I know you got feedback on that column. Uh, do you want to talk about that yeah. at all?
2: Sure. Yes. So. Um, usually for me um, many of the columns that I write stem from conversations that I have with my spiritual father it stems from things that are stirring in my own spirit and heart and um, so I don't just write about any and everything because there's a lot happening Mm -hmm. and it was troubling me that I was hearing so much about systemic racism um, because there seemed to be an agenda behind it. Um, mm-hmm. Let's have all these different politicians, groups admit that they are um, systemically racist, and so we can now put in our agenda, our our um, the things that we want to see go forward. And so that was troubling me. And so I started off the column by giving a definition of systemic and systematic racism. So systemic means that it's the whole system. The whole system is racist. And I think for anyone to say right now that a whole system is racist um, is a very bold statement. You better have some something to back that up with. Not just that we feel bad that um, certain things have taken place. Now, is there racism? Absolutely. Um, but I also mentioned that um, systematic racism is now that you have a plan in place, an intentional plan in place. Um, and I don't believe that either of these are true. We have racism now through different individuals. Absolutely. As long as people will be on the planet, we will have these different types of things. They stem from sin. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so we will, we will have that aspect but now to go after institutions, um, I just don't believe that that is the case. And I know, yes, I got feedback on on that. Um, I got feedback on that. And let me just also say that: Do we have historical systemic racism? Absolutely, we have it all throughout our history. history. We have it with the Indian Act. We have it with um, how we treated different groups that sought to come here the jewish people um different we have it all throughout but right now it just seemed to spring up through george floyd the incident there right um with his life being taken um and it's as though there was this push now that yes we want you to admit and in admitting okay so what does that bring about really so yes i had i had feedback from on the good side and on the other side, as well, um, yes, and I think it's probably it's probably one where I had the most malicious um, mm-hmm. comments and uh, from a couple who were just like, and it's funny to me that if you try to make your point, you must be so vile about it, and again, that goes back to my point of I don't think we know we've lost now um, how to just Say say our opinion, and still honor people. Yeah. And so, well, that yeah, is important.
1: What uh, you know, it occurs to me that this uh, racism, you know, that does exist. The yeah. as you point out, I mean, it's a it's a flaw in the human uh, person person. They are the, uh, sinfulness, and it's yeah. the depersonalization, dehumanization of another group and I, I thought the other day about you know we visited one time uh, in uh, Croatia and and we saw where you know there was a uh, there's a, si- a street in the city of Zagreb called Blood Bridge and on both sides you know the the they said that the blood used to run down there and those were people that looked just like each other but in the course mm-hmm. of uh, you know the loyalties family and clan loyalties. Uh, They had killed each other for centuries uh, in spite of looking, you know, there wasn't, you couldn't really call it racism, but it was an ethnic or a tribal kind of uh, hatred. And of course, we have the dehumanization, depersonalization of the unborn child uh, and always, and I think it works, works backwards to those who are attacking uh, us for what is termed systemic racism. We, in a sense, are being dehumanized. Uh, it's okay to attack us, to burn stores. Uh, and I say by us, I don't mean a particular race. I mean those who are like you raising this question. And uh, when hatred is directed against a thought or a, a group of people who are thinking a certain way, uh, you know, like for instance, uh, there's all the Trump bashing going on and Trump supporters being attacked uh, viciously it is it is being able to set a group aside for whatever reason whether it's race ethnicity family ties age uh you know sexual orientation whatever it is uh, identify those yeah. people and say they are less than human they don't deserve to be treated uh the way i would like to be treated and and so uh, racism is one aspect yeah. of that it, yes
2: yes, yeah, that's true and it goes back to the golden rule new one. To others as you would have them do unto you um, it can be dangerous to write about these different things because one thing you have to understand when you go to communicate is that you will inevitably be misunderstood and if you want to if you want to be understood all the time it's gonna be a challenging place <laughs> to be when you um, share but again I would just say um, in our fallen world, broken humanity, yes, um, there are individuals who um, time and time again have inflicted pain and have not held to the golden rule. Um, But I think even more than that, even more than, I think the main thought about even having that column, that particular column is even if you want to say, and as many are saying, "Yes, there is systemic racism. Yes, there is something systematic that's happening. And for those that would say that, I would listen and I would and I would hear um, the premise, But even more than that, even if we were to say yes, what how can we move forward from this? I find that something wants to continually lock us into pain. right. Lock us into other people's pain as well and not have us have a heart of hope to even see the great things that are happening in humanity how far we have come and also to see beyond the things that seemingly make us different um we all share the human story
0: right yeah Yeah. (laughs) And see that, yeah, that vision, that hope for the future um, is, yeah, so much more powerful than, than dwelling in, in the past or in, in uh, the mistakes of the present. Um, yeah, really turn, yeah, how, how is, you know, turning that, that need or that desire for change into violence or, or um, you know, whether it's physical violence or whether it's violence with words, how does that help? right um -hmm. how instead can we turn that energy into something that would actually help us going forward for the future
2: Um, yeah yeah and you know there there'll be people that might see this interview at a glance um on whatever um whatever format whatever platform and they may at a glance see myself with two um caucasian men and say well now there she goes and um and all the different names um, and, and wanting now to say a position. But really, again, this might be a fact, but this is not, for me, my premise is a different reality. So I see here that I'm having a conversation with my fellow Canadians and um, yeah, two brothers in the Lord. So people look through different lenses and wonder why you're not responding to them through their lens. And they want you to have that lens on, and so that that does not make for understanding or communication for anyone, or for moving forward.
0: Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that's one way in which we've been able to have um, hopefully some influence in, in our uh, viewership is um, seeing that there's so many voices in Canada, um, yours included, that that need to be heard, and you coming from uh, the angle of media. And we've had guests from um, different um, organizations that are um, trying to influence culture or help people in different ways. And um, it's it's one little way in which we can help during these uh, times of of lockdown when we can't get together with big groups like we would you know be trying to do more often but uh yeah it's been actually a great it's been one of the upshots of the of the lockdown and i know there's been lots of other um challenges and difficulties that people have faced but you know maybe there's a couple things we could just highlight kind of in closing some sort of blessings and some downsides in terms of the current situation that we're in and making a difference
2: well I really trust that um, this time has allowed us to be awakened, um, awakened to our rights and our freedoms, because there's definitely plans in place, there's definitely agendas moving forward, there's definitely um, things that are changing in our world and apart from our jobs our bills our families i know how much those are dear to us and how much of course they speak to us but there is more at stake so we have to be awakened and so i'm thankful for the awakening that's been happening i'm thankful for the um, real communication that's um this is afforded um some of us now to pause from our busyness i know for some yes the schedule still continues but hopefully we've had a time to engage um engage at a different level another level um, yes and also i am hopeful as i hear voices rise um, that are taking ownership in a good way of canada Um, I think many times we leave it up to government and politicians, and that is many of the reasons why we find ourselves where we are today. Um, But it's good to hear Canadians um, standing up and standing on guard and speaking out and beyond political stripes. I know there are many who would like to think there's only this, 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 this. But no, beyond that, there's the aspect of being Canadian. There's the aspect of um, the freedoms, the rights, and the responsibilities. That, seems, that one seems to get thrown by the wayside <laughs> that we have together. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I am hopeful for that. I am, I'm thankful that there, there seems to be more um, coming together in different, in different ways now. And um, I I put a flip on it. I don't say it's myself, and I don't say it's unique. But I do believe I, I had a shirt, a T-shirt made for it after I kept hearing diversity is our strength, diversity is our strength. So I got a T-shirt made that said unity is our strength. Yo, and, I, and I really believe that this is the case. Um, this is where the blessing comes. And so we need to be united from within our own selves and right on out and so hopefully yes this is beginning to happen more and
1: more well ability to communicate i mean that's one of god's gifts to us as human beings Uh, we're made in his image he communicates with us we can communicate with him and he desires we know that for us to communicate effectively with each other and, uh, you know, his message is always <clears throat> a message of uh, love and looking for the best interest of others. And the Bible says, I mean, he, however far short we have fallen, and we have often fallen short of the ideal. Uh, as you mentioned, love, love your neighbor as yourself, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But it says he's made of one blood all peoples that dwell on the face of the earth. So uh, beyond uh, color and and race and creed and ethnicity and and tribalism and families and clans, uh, we are all uh, made of one blood, all made in the image of God. And we all have the opportunity and you say the responsibility to communicate. And you mentioned being a voice. And certainly we often use the phrase, we are the voice for the unborn because they have not yet uh come to the place where they can speak for themselves so we must speak for them and for the upcoming generations yet to be born yeah
0: yes. so thank yeah. you for doing that Rene and your column um and, and your ongoing efforts to be a voice um we uh really appreciate that and uh um, yeah, just keep up the good work. And uh, again, for our viewers, uh, can we just maybe just share the uh, contact information if they want to be in touch with uh, Renee? Uh, maybe you've got an idea for her, or maybe there's something that uh, you want to read that she's written. It's, uh, it's a good, uh, quite a good treasure trove of uh, articles that she's written.
1: So. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Renee, where where do people go to read these past articles, for instance, the ones on systemic racism and so on?
2: Sure, you can go to dermregion.com and in the search bar you can just put my name and all the articles will come up. Um, The YouTube channel, Not Sorry for the Story, you can just type that in as well as the blog. And so yeah, they're both there and you can find both as well if you follow me or um, on Facebook or Twitter instagram you'll see most of those posts as well so
1: yes. wonderful well thank you there's i'm sure uh, a wealth of uh, knowledge and wisdom there and perspective that people will benefit from they take the time to go to uh, read your past articles and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us this morning
0: Well, thank you so much, and uh, we also thank all of our listeners, viewers who have uh, stayed with us, and uh, if you're not yet a member of CHP, we do encourage you to go to chp.ca and uh, join as a member, and uh, if you haven't liked us on Facebook, go ahead, and uh, we've got our Facebook page, and we're on several other social media platforms as well, so we hope to see you again for another edition of CHP Talks next week and God bless you all.
1: Thank you, God bless you.